Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Local GP, Dr. Yvonne Williams is on the line. Morning, Yvonne. How are you? Morning, Joe. I'm good, thank you. so what do you make of the decision we've just heard in the last hour that the Late Late Show from University Concert Hall, which would likely have had about a thousand people at it, has been cancelled. Um, they're going to do it from the studio in Dublin as normal um, now because of coronavirus fears. I suppose it's unfortunate for Limerick. I know a lot of people were looking forward to it, but I, I do think at this point in time it probably is a sensible decision not to have large gatherings of people over 500. Um, I think I very much welcomed the decision yesterday, finally, to cancel the St. Patrick's Day parade. It should have been made days ago. I can't understand why there is such a delay in making these difficult but necessary decisions. But I think it is the right thing to do. We have to protect, I suppose, our older population and people who are at risk. Mm. Uh, so what, for you, uh, is the number that's the limit for public gatherings right now? Well, based on information we have from I suppose what we have coming out of China, South Korea, particularly from Italy and, and France and other places, over 500 appears to be the, the agreed number in general. Some countries have gone with 1,000, others have gone with 500. So for erring on the side of caution, 500 be, would be the number. But the, the CDC, I suppose the, the international experts on disease control, are advising people who are in a high risk to avoid gatherings and non-essential travel, non-essential uh, social outings. So I think, you know, if you're in an at-risk group, it would be sensible, you know, not to be going out and about more than you need to at the moment. And do you think it's only a matter of time before the government here makes a decision that gatherings of 500 or more shouldn't occur? Yeah, I think it will happen. It's just a question of, of when, and I think the same will apply to, to schools and universities. I, I think that's sort of the pattern that we've seen in Italy, and their population is a little bit older than ours in northern Italy. But, you know, it's a similar similar group. What did you make of funeral services for victims of coronavirus should be delayed, but the remains should be buried or cremated immediately? This is advice from the Irish Association of Funeral Directors this morning. I think that's a very difficult decision, a very difficult guidance to take. It's such an emotional time for people and grieving is so important and it's not something that you can, you know, come back to to later on. That's very much part of the Irish process and it's it's very central to our culture. We have a very particular way of having removals and wakes and and funerals that is very different to even in the UK, our closest neighbour. So I suppose the concern is that close contacts of the person who died may be at risk. They would probably need to be self-isolating um, in general and that's something I suppose that's going to have to be teased out but I think people would find that very, very difficult. Do GPs have the resources and personnel to do what even the state is saying to citizens? In other words, or oh, contact your GP in these situations or if you have a doubt, talk to your GP. I suppose we didn't have the resources to deal with the the normal demands. We're, we're short of GPs. We're way below the EU average in terms of the numbers of GPs we have. So we we are struggling. You know, we're inundated with with phone calls. We're having to triage everybody. So when you ring for an appointment before, if you rang with a chesty cough and a temperature, we'd give you an appointment time. Now we're having to say wait for a call back and you know telephone triage every single one of of those people who are ringing with a cough or a wheeze or feeling short of breath, and that's a huge volume of our workload because at this time of the year, as you probably know, <laughs> it seems like half the country and a quarter of all school kids have coughs and colds, and a lot of our older people would have bad chest. There's a lot of people with asthma, so it, it's creating a huge workload. And that will have a knock-on effect, I suppose, on other people looking for appointments for more routine things, 
we are encouraging people to stay away if they don't need to go to the doctor. And if you just have a sniffle and a head cold, you haven't travelled, you haven't been in contact with anyone, you don't need to ring your GP. You can you can stay home and just take simple measures, take some paracetamol. Mm. And we're chatting to local GP, Dr Yvonne Williams. The point here is that we need to keep people like you well because people like you are going to help people like me. So Hopefully. <laughs> at, at, at what point will GPs have to make the decision that they can see virtually no one face to face, that they will have to uh, do their consultations entirely over the phone or Skype or FaceTime? I'm not sure. I know that there's at least two GPs already who have shut their doors. There's a GP in Dublin who you wait in the car and who's seeing one patient at a time is going in. Um, Another GP from my college class, there's a WhatsApp group that we keep in touch. They have also shut their doors this morning and you have to um, be telephone triaged by the nurse or the doctor before you're given an appointment for anything. So we may see that spread out across the country. But it's a pity, I suppose, that there isn't sort of national guidance on that. There's no plan that we have seen from the HSC for what happens when a GP who's single-handed like myself gets sick. So where do my thousands of patients go if I'm self-isolating for two weeks? Are they all to go to Shannon Dock, which is already overloaded? Are they all supposed to go to A&E, where you definitely don't want to be going? Um, There's no plan. We have no pool of locums to to provide backup support. And there's quite a few single-handed GPs, you know, around County Limerick, County Clare and, and some of the more rural counties. And there's no fund, you know, in terms of, I suppose, trying to hire a local to an agency or get doctors in from abroad either. The other thing it's very difficult to understand is that people who are travelling into Ireland or who have travelled into Ireland in the last two weeks from Italy have not been told to self-isolate. That's very different to the advice in the UK. Anyone coming into the UK from Italy is told immediately to self-isolate for 14 days. They tell them on the website, if you're on public transport, move away two metres from the person closest to you, go straight home. We still have people who've come back from Italy in the last two weeks who were free to wander around Ireland and we're only advising them to self-isolate if and when they get symptoms. And I can't understand the logic of that. We're not that different to our to our British neighbours. We should be doing the same thing. Are you concerned about the people who will come back into Ireland from Cheltenham this week? I don't think the UK has a much higher incidence than us. I suppose it's not maybe that different to people coming back from Germany or France. I think people need to be sensible and take precautions. Some people were surprised Cheltenham wasn't cancelled, but I suppose we haven't got the numbers that they, you know, in Ireland and the UK that they've had in, in mainland Europe because we're that little bit further at the edge of Europe, which is a, which is a good thing. But I think the government needs to be much more proactive. We need more decisive leadership and we need decisions to be made faster. It, it's not right that individual counties had to take decisions to cancel their own parades and then the government finally come in, literally under public pressure almost, you know, a few days later that they, they cancel events officially. They should be leaving. They should be the first ones to be coming out and making those tough decisions. Did you welcome how stark the Taoiseach was when he spoke uh, to the media yesterday evening? I think... There needs to be a level of honesty. I think people need, you know, some people, I suppose, are very anxious and then other people are thinking that it's all hyped up. But from what we're hearing from medics in the States, from, you know, specialists in infectious diseases and what we're hearing from medics in Italy is that we we really do need to be worried. I suppose we haven't had a major pandemic since the Spanish flu. And we know how nasty the SARS and MERS, these kind of similar viruses were in other parts of the world in, in the last 10, 15 years. This is probably the biggest test our health service is ever going to face and our health service is struggling and has been struggling. So all the frontline workers will do their very, very best, but we need massive resources, you know, pumped into it to support us. And we need, I think, stronger leadership from the government and more decisive action to try and minimise spread. We don't want to get to a situation like Italy where, you know, it's too late. They, they, they should have done the lockdown much sooner, I think, and they wouldn't be where they are today. OK. And, and finally, Yvonne, uh, we're not even at St. Patrick's Day in 2020 yet. No. <laughs> and the year already feels very odd and very long. 
yeah, I think it's going to be a very strange 2020 for us this year. The entire year? Well, I think this is going to go on for, for months. It, it's going to take time. It's not something that's going to be very easy to control and it will be challenging, I think, for, for whatever government we have and, and for the public in general. The CDC advice at the moment is, you know, if you're high risk to, you know, to, to plan ahead and I suppose to prepare for the fact that maybe you may need to self-isolate or that there might be an outbreak in your area. And I think without panicking people and people rushing off, everyone doesn't need to go on both by, but people need to be sensible and to be prepared and to look at their plans for visiting elderly relatives or having gatherings over the coming weeks and just to, to reconsider their plans. So you would imagine that a lot of the things that for people listening this morning make life worth living, you know, sporting events, other events that they would be thinking about, not just in the next few weeks, but across the summer and into the autumn, that we may well see many, 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 if not all of those events just not happen in 2020. We may see a lot of the, the bigger events and I suppose the indoor events, I suppose a, a match that's being played outdoors where people aren't in close contact and you have teams running around a pitch and people standing at the sideline, you know, that's not going to pose the same risk as, as being inside in a in a closed venue at a concert or something like that. But I, I think, yeah, I think it's uncharted territory for us and I don't think anybody expected five weeks ago that we would have the entire of Italy in lockdown. It's, it's unprecedented. So it's a new virus and we're learning about it very much week to week and as we go. Okay. All right, listen, best of luck to you. Thank you very much for talking to us this morning. That is local uh, GP Dr. Yvonne Williams um, there. Uh, Now, a leading doctor at University Hospital Limerick believes uh, that they have the resources to deal with the coronavirus outbreak in the short term. Uh, There are 75 staff currently self-isolating at home, having come in contact with a confirmed case. All elective surgeries and outpatient appointments have also been cancelled for today and tomorrow now. And Live95's Ronan Moyles has been chatting with Dr Dennis O'Keefe, who's Clinical Director of Diagnostics at UL Hospitals Group. Yes, well, as many people will know, Ronan, um, outpatients, uh, surgical and medical, have been cancelled Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, as has elective surgeries. So, ironically, at the moment today, it's, the hospital is reasonably quiet and it's had quite a significant impact. That impact can be seen actually on the, on the trolley figures today, as low as 11 on, on trolleys this morning. Is that down to fewer people presenting or is it those other things that have been cancelled or is it a combination of both? I think it's a combination of, of, of everything. I think you're absolutely right. I think naturally the public are, are cautious and careful at the moment with everything that's happened over the last week. But of course you also have, when many people come to the outpatients and uh, often they can be referred to the emergency department. So I think it's a combination of factors that has made it uh, quite because of the presence of COVID-19 at the hospital, that there's currently a number of staff out, how much of a challenge does that pose for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously that was the most significant immediate challenge when we had the cases last week. And what it meant is that 75 staff as contacts, either casual or close contacts, had to go home. So, of course, they were mainly in the emergency department and that had a, a significant effect. And, in fact, that's the reason why the cancellation of the elective and outpatients uh, took place because in order to make sure the emergency department was safely staffed, people from the surgical and medical teams have been in the emergency department and to enable them to be there, cancelling the outpatients and the elective surgery was clearly the sensible thing to do. So it, it did have a significant impact, but of course the hospital has taken measures in order to make sure it didn't impact on patient care. In terms of beds then, are you confident you have enough of those to cope? 
Yeah, I, I think certainly in the short term, we we are. I mean, clearly, UHL Hospital Group is is always under significant pressure in terms of beds right the way through the winter and, in fact, you know, a lot of the year. But the fact is, is that with measures such as the cancellation of elective surgery at the moment, um, we do believe that we have escalation policies in place that we can manage in the short term um the the unknown as you know is is what an impact this will have over the coming days and weeks we do have policies working with our community colleagues and our gp colleagues to hopefully manage whatever comes down the tracks but clearly it's going to be a, a huge huge challenge for us all but in the short term yes and what can the public do to help well, I, I, that's that's a really important point because there's this is really we're all in this together. That never a truer phrase was said than now. So it's really important for people. I, I note on the news feeds that the you know the St Patrick's Day parades have been cancelled. I think that people have to be sensible in terms of hand washing. Really important in terms of if they do become unwell, making sure they follow the public health advice to get tested and then to go into self quarantine if positive. So I think the public much like all of us, have a huge responsibility in the weeks ahead to ensure they protect themselves, but particularly those who are vulnerable, which is, of course, the, our older folks in the community and those who have other illnesses. People have to take a responsibility in terms of common sense, not getting carried away, following very standard safe procedures in terms of hand washing and things like that. So I think the message is getting through, but, but inevitably people are worried and sometimes that leads to miscommunications, a uh, little bit of panic. So it's really important not just to take sensible measures, but to also be calm. Remember that this virus will have you know, a mild effect on the large majority of the community. And it's only those who are vulnerable who are at, who are at the highest risk. And we all need to take measures to protect them. Dr. Dennis O'Keefe, Clinical Director of Diagnostics at the UL Hospitals Group, chatting to our own Ronan Moyles there. And he makes a really interesting point at the end that uh, all the hand washing, if you're lucky, is not about you necessarily. If you end up getting it and you're lucky enough to not be in an at-risk group, then the likelihood is that for you it'll be mild to moderate. In some cases, you mightn't even fully realise you have uh, coronavirus, um, COVID-19. But you can help so many other people by trying to delay this. And this is the point that um, uh, even the teacher was making last night, that you know it is about trying to delay the spread of it, which keeps pressure off the health service and allows them to look after the people in our community who are most vulnerable. So you're not doing it because I've heard people say, oh, you know, people are being selfish or whatever. Actually, no, it's one of the most community focused and altruistic things that you can do to simply wash your hands thoroughly and to take the simple precautions. It's not just about protecting you and your family. It's about protecting your vulnerable neighbours and relatives and friends too. Call Limerick today now on 461995.